Warning, the following podcast contains uh, Duty, um, and in the top left corner, Tom, um, in the bottom, Fuzzy, and in the very, very bottom, me. Um, this is the Brady Nerds, the Brady Nerds, and uh, play the episode. <laughs> A martini, shaken the... Shocking. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shaken Not Nerd, the official podcast that is brought to you live, looking like the Brady Bunch, but we're not going to go live for you to watch us because none of us have shaved. <laughs> I'm your host, Duty, and with me as always on Shaken Not Nerd is the man who, his facial hair actually, I think his facial hair looks good, it, he thinks otherwise, it's Ian the Huge Foot Long Johnson. It's Ta'a! <laughs> <laughs> How Thank are you very we? much. You, you rocking a beautiful red shirt for those of you playing at home. It's actually orange, but the webcam and the uh, yeah, it's 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 a long. It kind of looks like a pajama shirt, so I'm regretting it right now. <laughs> but yes, I'm not happy with my facial hair, and I might just go with a mustache so that all the people in my neighbourhood know stay away from that guy in that ice cream van. <laughs> and uh, the man who loves ice cream himself, uh, the Sticky Bandit Tom. <laughs> it, it is true, I do love ice cream <laughs> Who doesn't like Ian, bring uh, me ice cream I could, We could only see like, the top of Tom's head and the ceiling fan <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> it's, like, it's like staring at you from yeah. someone's crush it's, it's, like, it's like when a grandparent goes oh, How do I video chat? It's just the ceiling yeah. fan well, well, You was see before a the finger like, pointing the webcam swap the camera? <laughs> Yeah, Tom had it facing a brick wall for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Hang on, I'm, I'm trying to elevate. For those playing at home, Tom works in IT. Continue with your business. <laughs> and of course, the man who looks like his namesake, Fuzzy Dad. That's me. Thank you very much, guys. I, I enjoyed that every single one of those jokes this morning was a visual reference that people <laughs> who aren't seeing the chat would not get. get. So, thank you for doing that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Let's continue that for the remainder of the episode. Yes. The- and if you look up my sleeve, you'll see <laughs> a million oh my dollars. God. That's, that's how you guess this week's episode. It is mime time. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were going to do musical, but we thought mime might be better. So, here we go. Mime, mime, Sharona. Fuzzy's stuck in a box. How did they get in this box? What kind of person makes a box this big? Uh, all of us are growing isolation beards, and uh, they, they all look pretty beautiful, gentlemen. You've done a fantastic job. I appreciate the lies. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, without further yeah. uh, poo, because I'm watching this in the background, uh, <laughs> uh, it's time for the news. All right, number 10. We have in Good Guy Celebrity News, we have that Trevor Noah will continue to pay the salaries of his crew for The Daily Show, as well as Dave Chappelle joining a podcast for The Comedy Store where they raised 100k for comedians who are currently out of work. 
Mm. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's Good probably more money than most of them ever make from their company. <laughs> But yes, it obviously has yeah. been the case at the moment where a lot of the focus or a lot of things have been going around about the issue with artists not being paid during these times. So I think here in Australia, we've just had announced last week or the week before that they were going to start giving money to uh, film and television people or people in the arts in general. So it's good to actually have some money going around and continuing in these sort of fields. Mm. How shit are those companies though? Like how the the Daily Show people that they're not actually paying their staff to to stay on on extended leave. Like what the the host has to actually pay for them. Yeah, it's a pretty shit situation that that's got to. Mm. hundred oh, percent. It's pretty bad. Well, I'd be curious because I think it's I think it's twenty nine staff that mm. is paying. It's um, a lot of money, man. It is a lot of money, and like good on him. Good on him for paying that. Mm. I know um, in the in the NBA, there's been a bunch of stars that are um, that, that are actually paying for all of the like they're giving a percentage of their salary to make sure that all of the stadium staff and people who are actually behind the scenes who are impacted by this will actually continue to get paid. So, you know, these guys that earn millions of dollars a year, you know, just sharing a little bit of what they got, which is pretty fucking awesome. But you know, all the owners and the rest of them still not paying out the cash. It's all the guys with the actual big big buckets of yeah. money. That aren't doing fuck all. Yeah. So it just goes to show you how shit some people are and how awesome others are. Mm. Yeah. Very much so. It's frustrating. But it's also really hard because I, it's kind of hard to compare with Australia because it's a totally different sort of situation at the moment. But, mm. you know, we don't have any money here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly don't. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It is it is interesting to compare the two because yeah obviously you have that over there you have the big stars who have the big pay packets who are paying people and then you've got over here the AFL going like going oh no we won't be able to pay them their big pay packets and the entire sport is going to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like pretty much every sport you can think of has has been essentially placed on hold like Formula One, AFL, all that sort of stuff. But my father-in-law is still happy as Larry because they're still doing horse racing and he's like, no one goes to them, but I can still bet on it. <laughs> Every Which day is like so messed up. It's so yeah. messed up. So the only sport that's continuing to go is one that is betting. <laughs> yeah, horse but racing and this, greyhound racing. <laughs> the only things so, that are going. It's so bad. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Stop rubbing your nipples, Ian. I don't know what you're talking about. This is an audio thing. Uh, we have the Deadline have confirmed that the new Seth Rogen uh, comedy called An American Pickle is heading to HBO Max, which will be launching, of course, on the 27th of May. And it's about an immigration worker at a pickle factory who is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern-day Brooklyn. What the fuck? <laughs> who who okays these ideas? Has Seth Rogen lost it? I think so. <laughs> Seth Rogen may have had too much fucking marijuana while in isolation. Like, he has just been smoking himself stupid. I reckon just, just smoke uh, smoke a marijuana and drink in pickle juice, and then he went, hey, you know, <laughs> a good idea. He does, he does do a lot of the... He did... Um, Seth Rogen is, I think, the executive producer or whatever it is for uh, The Boys... As well as preacher, so he does a lot of the sort of the hardcore adult sort of comics as 
adaptations to shit as well. So I, I've posted in our in our Discord chat the uh, the picture of um, an American pickle. His uh, character, he's a 1920s Jewish pickle farmer. Um, so it's, he's got a great big bushy beard. Gives him an excuse to say stupid things. And um, <laughs> so I, kinda, I, I like the image. Um, but yeah, that sounds so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm well, not going to watch that. I expected so much from Seth Rogen as well. Mm. Did you? No. Did you really? No. <laughs> he 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 does a lot of stuff that's really like he swings for the fences and does some weird stuff. And and sometimes, sometimes it, it works. <laughs> yeah, other times it doesn't. Like you know, he was involved in like Game Over Man. Do you remember that one um, with the guys from Workaholics? Yeah, it was like, that was it. Was like Die good. Hard, but shit. It was pretty bad. There was a whole yeah. there was a whole scene about a guy giving another guy a rim job. Tossing his yep. salad. That was the yeah. thing. Doesn't Michael Cera get a rim job in fucking This Is The End as well? Um, yeah. yeah. Speaking of rim yeah, jobs. he does. That that was actually a funny scene. I kind of like that <laughs> He's one. drinking a juice box at this same yeah. fucking time. Do you want a sippy? little sippy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, they, didn't they do good stuff? Like, they, they did, like, Good Boys, they did Long Shot. So, there's some, some good movies that they can actually do. But, yeah, some of, like, this one could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could mm. be another Green Hornet or Pineapple <laughs> Express. Who knows? Uh, Pineapple Express. <sighs> Let's hope not. Number eight. I hope you looked at the image that I put in the Discord chat because it is the Space Jam a New Legacy official teaser poster. Yep. It's That's a thing. Right. And at least we know now that Bugs Bunny's in it because we didn't know that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a long-time holdout, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's finally signed on. <laughs> Trying to get a bit of pay. I really, I really don't entirely understand the point of the teaser poster. Is that always been a it's thing? It's not even a. It's not even like a teaser poster. It's just it says Space Jam. That's not even a thing. Like it doesn't give us anything. After all this time, after all the bullshit that LeBron James has been going through to try and get this going, it's got the hoops. like ring things. <laughs> But like he's been he's been trying for years to get this going, and everyone said fucking no, we don't want to do it. It sounds shit. Um, just forget about it. And LeBron's just been like he wants to be Michael Jordan, obviously. So yeah, yeah. So this is his like way to catch up to him, and it's just maybe he yeah, should also. Play I would baseball. have expected something more than that. I would have expected a little bit of it, like a teaser trailer or something else, but just the logo of Space Jam saying a new legacy, go fuck yourself. It's it's nothing. Um, there were leaked photos a couple of months back for Space Jam, Space Jam 2, yep. yeah. um, of the Joker and Pennywise being involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was like Joker or Pennywise was dressed up as a ref. Um, I'm trying to find the photo now. No, the mask. You know what I think? Yeah, we, we, did, we spoke <clears throat> about it. It was Joker, Pennywise and the mask. Sorry, Ian? Yeah. I think it'll be like, you know, in the original one, how he goes into the golf the hole. Golf course. Yeah, but he goes through the hole. Mm. So it'll be like that. Maybe not golf, though, because Michael Jordan liked golf and LeBron James doesn't like anything. Um, <laughs> and he'll go, <laughs> he'll go to like different dimensions before he goes to Looney Tunes World. Unless they're, and, or they like change the story. It's like the golf course is now actually a pool, and he dives into the pool and he goes down the fucking hole or something. 
Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe he opens like a wardrobe and he walks through all the clothes and it's snowing on the other side and there's like a lamppost. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's actually not how it does. What's the best way for LeBron James to get to Looney Tunes land? Lying with his wardrobe. <laughs> he gets sucked into his own massive fucking ego. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he puts his shoe on and falls into it. <laughs> he just stares at a photo of Michael Jordan for way too long. <laughs> Me. Me? <laughs> Do you think Michael Jordan will, like, cameo in it or something? No. Oh, absolutely fucking not. No, no, so, nah, those guys, mm. I think they... they uh, pretty famously are not they don't get along really yeah well because michael jordan obviously is considered to be the greatest basketball player of all time and there's always there's constant comparisons now between lebron james and michael jordan and he like michael jordan just keeps doing stuff to say hey look i was amazing you know i was always amazing and lebron just yeah there's always this constant comparison so michael jordan will not show up for this at all but also yeah also michael jordan doesn't really do anything he doesn't want to do like he only he's very selective with the things that he does yeah like he's doing this this doco series now the last dance right which is amazing talk about that later (laughs) you've seen nothing but yeah he he will not be he will 100% not be appearing in Space Jam 2 yep yeah, well, that that's the thing, uh, and I think, it, as I was just saying there, it will come up in later news, but his whole thing was when he joined the NBA, a lot of the other other NBA stars all joined on to, like, contracts to sign away their likenesses and to do all these other things. He never did that, mm. which is why mm. he has made so much more money off marketing himself than any other NBA star has, because he refused mm. to do the same thing that all the other stars did. That is correct. Number seven. So, Please. first poster for Netflix interactive movie, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy versus the Reverend. Oh, yeah, and I know. Oh, I can see some excited faces. Oh, Ian's I've clapping. I've never seen Kimmy Schmidt. Kimmy Schmidt. What's a Kimmy Schmidt? Unbreakable. I, I tried to watch it, but it just looked like a piece of Schmidt. <laughs> I will say the uh, the first. I think I watched the first season, and you know, it, it it was humorous. So I am curious how they're going to do it interactive. What the plan is there, and of course we have um, besides the normal people or the normal stars that are in there, we also have the addition of Daniel Radcliffe. So what? Yeah. What he's going to bring to it? You know, good old Daniel. What's what's he been doing lately? How's should Calculon get in his super convertible and take down the bad guys, or should Calculon <laughs> continue doing his taxes? <laughs> um, well, he did do that uh, that terrible Guns Akimbo movie. I thought uh, people liked that. No, it's disgusting. It is so, so fucking bad. Um, yeah, no, he's not doing anything. <laughs> Nothing of relevance lately, so this could be interesting. Yeah, he could play a love interest or a drug addict. That's the thing about Daniel Radcliffe. He has such range. <laughs> or a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I am not a Kimmy Schmidt fan, so I, I don't know, man. Not, not interested in it at all. <laughs> Harsh but fair. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right, so nobody wants to watch it. Nobody cares. Moving right along. Number six. We have number six. (laughs) All right, number six is that John Wick 4 is being pushed back from its May 21st, 2021 release as they have said that Keanu Reeves has to finish doing The Matrix before they can start doing the next John Wick. Uh, there were two reports. There was one where somebody was saying that there is no indication of on release, and another outlet was saying that it's looking like May 27th, 2022, so a year and six days later. So I guess Oof. we will get some more confirmation soon, but pushback a lot. It's mm. a big pushback. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is sort of... I completely forgot they're doing something of another Matrix film, but, like... <laughs> How are they? Is it a continuation? Like, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out when we watch it. Get more news <laughs> and watch it. <laughs> um, I, I also read that they were only uh, four weeks into production of The Matrix. So, yeah. That's understandably a big pushback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with uh, the sort of lockdowns and shit, presumably that's what's holding him. But. With the lockdowns going on, maybe they can also, if they if they do have a bad script, now they can use the time to fix the script. They can do the same thing with a lot of movies going on right now. Yeah, they're not going to take the time to fix the script. No, no, no. <laughs> absolutely not. No, <laughs> they're just sitting around going, "Money, where's that money?" Let's make another six movies to go into production, and then write the script later. Let's do, let's do yes. what Warner Brothers does with DC. We're going to do a cyborg movie. We're going to do a Flash movie. We're going to do a Nightwing movie. Where are these fucking movies? <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting to make sure that we get the movie just right because if there's anything yeah. that DC is known for, it's polishing their films to perfection. <laughs> yeah. We just need a director. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> no, no, Not no, that no. one. No, he told us no. Not that one. We also need a Batman. Not that no, one. No, no, Not no. that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Number five. This is why I was shushing fuzzy before. Uh, we have <laughs> that Tiger King wasn't king for long, as the anticipated The Last Dance is now looking like the biggest documentary series of 2020, which of course follows the Chicago Bulls from 1997 to 98, and is yeah, ESPN's most popular series. Yes, mm. it's very good. You should definitely watch it. It has all of the stars doing all of the interviews and talking and telling truths. It's pretty awesome. And you get to see Michael Jordan sitting there and beside his table, well, besides the, the fucked up fingers that he has, which is just, once you see it, you can't look away. Um, yeah, thanks, Fuzzy. He, he's sitting there with a little side table in this very comfy leather chair and he's got a massive glass of scotch. Like it's a, yeah, yeah, normally get like, you know, one or two fingers worth of scotch. He's got like a whole fucking hand. It's one or two of his fingers. Class. So <laughs> yeah. it's where that one finger like points up way too much. <laughs> but it's, it's this giant glass of scotch and a giant cigar. So he's just sitting there smoking and drinking and telling stories about basketball. It's fucking great. So. Also, is is he got like a liver or kidney issue or something? Because his like eyes are. His right. eyes are all fucked up because yeah. he has problems with his liver because he is an alcoholic. <laughs> Which is interesting um, because they talk about like how he didn't drink and didn't do anything when he well, was. Well, no, they a talk about him player. not doing drugs. So yeah, no, he, w- he was 
I mean, he was an amazing player, but I, I guarantee you that boy partied at some stage. But, yeah, Massive. definitely now that he's retired, he's famously, like, a massive alcoholic at this point in his life. So, yeah, he's he deserved... He's, you know, he's earned a little bit of time off, but, you know... <laughs> like 40 years. <laughs> the rest of his life. It is um, a very entertaining documentary, though. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's well super done. interesting. And it's interesting hearing these like just hilarious stories of these characters they're just next world strange people like the 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 story about dennis rodman taking yeah. off for like yeah they give him 48, <laughs> 48 hours, hours to go let off some steam and he takes like two weeks and he just <laughs> went to vegas and partied with people all the it's time. pretty funny just the way Look, they, they do even it got- they even got Carmen Electra, like his, uh, his, yeah. his ex-wife on there. And it's just like videos of them at parties and stuff like that. And she just looks like out of her league. Oh, Dennis yeah. Ro- Dennis Roman just doing his thing. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty funny. It's like, It cuts to Michael Jordan. And he's like, and I told him, do not let this guy on holidays because he will not come back. And then it cuts to like him not coming back. It's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Like on this, then. It's pretty good. It's very oh, entertaining. Yeah. Sounds a lot better than Tiger King. Even well, look, you know, Tiger King was was a fairly amazing cultural phenomenon because it's just weird and bizarre, and it's just this really trashy thing. But Michael Jordan was the most famous person in the world for a very long period of time. So this is like getting insight into his life. It's it's a good doco about people more than it is sport. Even though there's some really good like you know, sports, the background to it. It's about yeah. what's going on like with everybody connecting. So it's, yeah, it's, it's more a very well. Yeah, it's a very well-made documentary, and I think there's a lot to like in there for everybody, not just sports fans. Yeah, but there are good sports cuts. They do some pretty cool cuts, super cuts of particular mm. seasons and things with some really cool music. It's like it's really nicely done, and it just gives you a huge appreciation for like how good these players were as well. Yeah. Speaking of super cuts, time to cut to number four. Number four. The uh, Oscars have changed their requirements. (laughs) What? As of this season, they you will no longer have to screen for one week in a Los Angeles theater. So Tiger King's eligible (laughs) to make things eligible. Uh, instead, films that were scheduled for theatrical release that meet a couple of other eligibility requirements and are shared with the Academy's streaming service, the Academy Streaming Room, and are released on VOD, will be in the running. Okay, so uh, so Sonic the Hedgehog is, um, is up for animated feature, obviously, at this stage. It's going to have... Uh, very few contenders uh, outside of maybe Trolls. What was it? Trolls Worldwide uh, World Tour. Yes. You know, so yeah. Trolls and Sonic. So that's the thing. So <laughs> Trolls contenders. does meet these requirements now. Oh God! This I, I can tell you right now. This award season's going to be shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, that's what. Um, <laughs> Not much competition. <laughs> I was reading another thing about one of the other thing, uh, another movie, and it was talking about like Sony slated movies, and it's like, uh, how many how many Sony movies are coming out this year? Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so wow. we've had. Uh, let's let's talk about the ones that have been released actually in the cinemas. So we've had uh, Bad Boys for Life, um, <coughs> Birds of Prey, <laughs> Bloodshot, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. There's got to be more. 
There's got to be something else we're missing. I, I do wonder if because of this, if they change their their um instead of hanging on to these movies and waiting for cinemas to reopen now, that they just put it out now, thinking oh you know well maybe we'll have a good chance of winning Oscars, so maybe we'll see more things coming out on video on demand. And for wow. Oscar for best picture, Black Widow. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we've still got we've got some really big ones this year that look like some severe Oscar bait, um, you know, from like visual effects or acting and all the rest of it. So we've got June coming up. We've got Tenet. We've got um, what else have we got coming up this year? Dunk. Um, <laughs> Dunk. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, like, there, there are some there are some big movies that are due to come out, and I know they they talked about Tenet and they were trying to force it last week for what was it, seventeenth of July. So yeah. you know, they're, yeah. they're really trying to push these to get into cinemas. So at some point, if they don't, you know, if they have a target date that they're going to release on and they can't, I, I, I guarantee they'll be doing the, the the VOD release and then later on they'll do the cinematic release. So, yeah, yeah, they, they could just be putting it out there just for the fact that nobody is, nobody's going to get to the cinemas this year. I, At least not in America. Yeah, no, that's the thing, right? Not in America. But I actually think Australia has a good chance of reopening their cinemas in the next couple of months to probably limited seating. But I think there's a good chance that in the next couple of months Australia will reopen cinemas, which is exciting because it means that I actually get to see Tenant and Dunk in cinemas. That's the thing, right? Would they release it just in Australia? I think there's like, a chance they- there. Mm. I think there's a chance if... If they're going to release it anyway, then they'll release it to wherever they can get it. They're, we know China's basically reopened now, so mm. they're going to send it to China, and they can't just say, oh, we're only going to provide it to China. Mm. Well, it's like, um, was it last week or the week before, whatever it was, um, there was a... Glo- the, 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 the US box office was like $3,000, and it all came from one singular drive-in in the States that like could still operate because <laughs> people were sitting in their cars. Hmm. Thank God for Bring drive-ins. back drive-ins. Yeah, bring back drive-ins. Like drive-ins. We all drive down to Dramana. <laughs> no, uh, we've we've got two in Melbourne. One of them's in Dramana, um, which is about you know an hour and a half drive down the coast, and the other one's in um, Coburg, and it's actually quite good. I we've been there a few times. Go there and watch a, a few movies. It's good. I thought there was another one this side of town. Uh, there might be. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, like, it's it's good. I've I've enjoyed going to drive-in movies. You open up the boot of the car, you just lie down. It's it's great. It's it's good fun. It's actually smuggle good that it's in. smuggle food in, yeah, and <laughs> people. It's also actually good that it's winter if they if you want to get a driving because it means that you can start the movie earlier. Yes, you're not starting at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Start the movie. <laughs> Number three. We have the trailer for Solar Opposites, new cartoon which is made by Justin Roiland, the co-creator of Rick and Morty. Oh, mm-hmm. it's that crap thing on Netflix. Was it Netflix? Yes. I think it's, I think it's on Netflix. Uh, no, it's on Hulu. Oh, it's coming on Hulu, yeah. It may, it may come to Netflix for us, but you know, who knows. It does Yeah, it look- looks... Oh, sorry. It looks like... The uh, the poor man's version of Rick and Morty, obviously, but um, I think that he must be frustrated with how infrequent the uh, releases come out for Rick and Morty. They do mm. you know, very few episodes, and they release them once every two fucking years. So, yeah. Maybe he's just trying to get some new content out there while he can. Well, I'm surprised that they're making... I, I, I'm curious what the arrangement is there, just because he's obviously gone out 
well, there's another guy who's involved with it, but he's not with the other co-creator. Um, yeah. And this looks identical. Like, the animation <laughs> yeah. style is the same. It looks same. exactly the same. The, the animation style uh, sounds like they've got a couple of the other voice actors um, in there as well. It's it's very interesting, like, how close it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see. It's a bit too close. <laughs> Because <laughs> it almost feels like, like, should you have bothered to make this? I would say no. <laughs> should you absolutely specifically reference that you you are also involved with Rick and Morty? Because you know you, you make it a big you know, big comparison here. Yeah, exactly, and it's very similar, mm. like painfully similar. I think that's and that's the problem it's going to have, right? It'll get it'll get shown, and everyone's like, "Well, Rick and Morty was better," and it's like. And you can't compete with Rick and Morty. No. It's like they tried to do that spin-off um, series of Bojack Horseman. I don't know if you guys Did like they? or have watched it. Yeah, it was it was about like a bird and a, a cat that were rooming together or something like that. And Yuck. it was just terrible. Everyone went, no. It was just, you know, from the creators of Bojack Horseman, no, fuck off. We don't want that. Go yeah. away. I didn't even really like Bojack Horseman, to be honest. It's not my. It was it was a very divisive series. So, yeah, um, it, it got a lot more dark and deep and thoughtful than it did funny at times. Um, mm. Yeah, so <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it for a while, and then I got to a certain point there, and just went, "I think the show is making me miserable. I'm going to stop watching this now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you don't always need to. You don't always need to be depressed when you're watching your cartoons. No. Number two. Ted Cruz is looking to introduce a new bill in the US. So the bill would be the Stopping Censorship, Restoring Integrity and Protecting Talkies Act. So this would say that the US would start blocking cooperation between the US Defense Department and any studio that makes edits to films to alter them to be appealing to Chinese audiences. So, <laughs> I was going to say, Tom just got so, real political. <laughs> it's super political. political. This is a yeah. big deal. Like, this is a huge deal. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Because obviously that just means that anybody who is wanting to film stuff in China or change it to make Chinese audiences have it won't be able to use... U.S. Defense Force uh, property, which is a big thing in the U.S. Um, media. When yeah, they use it. They borrow that stuff from the U.S. Uh, from the Defense Departments. So to be fair, gun. they they pay for that stuff in you know yeah pay for it as yeah a, you know, get free advertising kind of thing. But yeah, exactly. I, I can understand. You know, they they don't want to show that stuff off in a positive light. Um, yeah, there've been a, a few in the past which have been really interesting. Like um, when they did that latest Independence Day film, there was a big, heavy Chinese influence in that. Um, oh, I really? Did. No, is <laughs> yeah, that? You shouldn't bother. It's shit. Um, but yeah, like I mean, we've got films coming up like um, Top Gun coming out this year. So clearly, that couldn't have anything to do with the Chinese. So yeah, interesting. <laughs> it couldn't at all, right? <laughs> we will see. We will absolutely see. They're terrorists from Hina. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what actual impact that has overall, um, because obviously a lot of the film studios have been trending to go and actually do stuff in China or have those sort of different edits, but interesting to see. And that Very interesting. is the end of that segment of the news, unless there's more to say on that bit. No? Then, no. then we are passing it on over to the piano. Hello. News. 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 There we go. I know you're all asking for it. (laughs) I think people were asking to not have it. I think you've misinterpreted the request. I think think Matt from Recast the Past loves the the piano. I think he'd actually like you to play that song one more time. (laughs) What <laughs> <One> more time? <laughs> All right. Welcome. I'm Dylan Crack with this week's Dishonorable News. <laughs> In video game news, we got good news. Cyberpunk 2077 will reportedly be rated R18 and will be released without any censoring in Australia. Ooh. This anchor is glad to say thank those at Australian classification boards haven't listened to our... Podcast yet because they're really (laughs) (laughs) in movie news. The much anticipated sequel to Space Jam has its title revealed by the movie's lead LeBron James. Before obviously that image that Tom sent us, Uh, get ready, it will be called Space Jam 2 A New Legacy. I don't have any jokes to tell here because this movie is the joke. (laughs) Moving on. In TV news, Chris Thorsworth's new Netflix show, Extraction, has been highly streamed on release, with some reports saying that it is on track to becoming the biggest director stream movie of all time. The movie is about blonde John Wick, and he, like, jumps on really high, from really high into water, and it goes sploosh. And then this lady turns up and some stuff, and then he kills a bunch of dudes in India, and, and there's this kid, and, and pew pew! And then a car comes in, and it's like, Poo! and um, it doesn't really have a story. But guns, <laughs> woo! <laughs> in nerd news, happy May the 4th. And remember, when celebrating this great holiday, not to overindulge and eat too many metachlorians. Otherwise, you'll end up like Darth Plagueis the Wise. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth <laughs> Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> Of course not. It's not a story the other podcast would tell you. It's shaken, not nerd legend. <laughs> he got fat. That's the story. Anyway, I've been Dylan Crack with this week's dishonorable news. <laughs> wait, wait. Yes. News. 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 Alright, so AMC Theatres, the largest theatre chain, said on Tuesday that it was going to start boycotting Universal Movies at all its studios in United States, Europe, or and the Middle East. Big deal. Obviously because of the release of Trolls on VOD. Um, Let's see how this pans out, Cotton. (laughs) 
I mean, when you're using Trolls World Tour as the basis for your argument for why you should go to VOD, you might want to rethink that fucking strategy. Like, <laughs> just stupid, stupid move. Like, ugh. I'm, I, I couldn't think of anything worse for, or stupider for Universal to do or say. And they're, they're going to ruin it for themselves. Is it? Do you reckon it's uh, it's gonna work in AMC's favor or Universal's favor? Because AMC, they're gonna they're not, not gonna have any ticket sales from movies like Fast and Furious, like James Bond, and so on and so forth, because they're not showing those films. And by not showing those films, you're not having people go. They're not going to the candy bar and all that sort of stuff like that. They're not buying their peanut chews, you know. <laughs> I reckon AMC will back down. I reckon Universal's got to back down to be completely honest. They can't not like get the money from the the film release, and the American film market is huge. Like yeah. that's that's what they base half of their fucking profits on. So I, I just I, I think they're going to back down. They need to back down because they need a cinematic release, and AMC is the biggest fucking theater chain in the US. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty think, hard think- when you can't have that market. Yeah, if they don't back down sooner, it'll definitely be later because, you know, once all this clears up and they realise that people are going to cinemas to watch movies and not wanting to necessarily watch them at home as much anymore and that money starts dipping, they're going to start going, ah, shit. Yeah, because at the end of this, everybody's going to be like, let me out of my fucking house. I need to be in a cinema. I cannot watch it. Exactly. I can't watch a movie at home. I need to go watch it elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I, here's I a question to... though, right? Here's a question. Now, maybe not like a James Bond or a Dunk or a Tenet or something like that, but if we... <laughs> Dunky drops his phone. <laughs> <laughs> if you have, if you had an option to watch some of those sort of B-grade-ish movies, like you're not really sure about, if you had a, you know, if you could buy it at home for 20 bucks, would you do that instead of going to the cinemas? If you had them at the same time. It's a good point. Yes. Like that's like some of those yeah. B grade movies. Like I could Extraction. watch. <laughs> well, yeah, straight to Netflix. Good movie. I really enjoyed Extraction, by the way. Mm. Um, there we go. L that answers your question. There's a review of Extraction. That is not like my it. review. <laughs> I can give a bit a, a lengthier review if we want to talk about Extraction. But like, I mean, there, there are movies that we could potentially have watched at home. That I'd watch Tenet wouldn't have mattered. I would have watched Sonic at home. Um, I probably would have watched um, Bad Boys for Life at home. In fantasy, yeah, probably eighty percent of films I would watch at home. It's that ten percent. Yeah, like the, it's, some of, it's them some I of have. those big ones. It's <laughs> 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 some of those big ones. Like I want to go see Top Gun. I want to see Tenet. I want to see June. I want to see James Bond. I want to see those on a big screen. So those those are the ones that will really matter. But other ones you could probably see at home, and you won't actually miss out on the experience. So and it'd be cheaper much... as well because you could just go to the local supermarket and spend $6 rather than $60 on candy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there, there's some of those ones that will that, that will miss out. But I think like a lot of those Universal releases are big blockbuster movies. So Yeah. They're yeah, definitely I mean, one of the big one, big um, production companies. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting movies will miss out, but I think everything else could potentially pick up from that. Yeah, It'd be interesting know, I, to see all the changes. I think as well with... It, it, it's your viewing experience. So when you watch a movie at the movies, like when Ian and I watched Birds of Prey, we just kept talking to it, like turning over to it again, this movie fucking sucks, or we're laughing, or we're pulling shit apart. You don't necessarily have that. At home, if I'm watching Birds of Prey at home, I'm turning it off. 
You can't really turn yeah. off a movie at a cinema. Yeah, not yeah. when you've paid X amount of money to see it. Hmm. <laughs> Want to get my money's worth, but like, I mean, think about it. Like, what what does it cost? Like twenty twenty five bucks to go see a movie these days? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. probably closer to twenty five for an adult. Yeah, plus everything else. If you could watch it at home for twenty bucks, a movie that you're iffy on, right? I don't want to go to a movie theater with somebody else, spend fifty bucks on tickets, and then you know another twenty, thirty bucks on on snacks yeah. when I can watch something at home with you know with your partner, with your family, whatever else. You can watch that movie for twenty bucks plus all the food and everything else you've got there. Any of those iffy movies would probably get a big boost because you're gonna spend that money instead. Especially if you can see it on release at the cinemas, you get you, that's, you, the, that's the big difference. You'd get more pirating from that though, because all you need is someone with a, a screen capturing software to go, "Cool, we're watching Trolls Worldwide and Windows G, that's and true. we're now recording Trolls Worldwide." Oh, that mate, is they, they, probably they, a they problem. Get pi- yeah. they get pirating regardless. So you know, they, as soon as movies are coming out, you've got people pirating it either with a shaky camera or you know, they've somehow captured the digital copy. Hmm. Like, it happens immediately. They're, they're, some people are just way too fucking smart and they waste all of their time and talents pirating movies. <laughs> true. Just, true. I was going to say, if, if they do start to reopen cinemas and they have like these social distancing things in between, the thing that popped into my head was like, ah, plenty of room to set up the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Different angles. And again and again and again. Exactly. <laughs> hey, 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 buddy, do you mind moving your camera? It's in the way of my camera. <laughs> It's going to be yeah. interesting when, when cinemas are reopened. It's like, oh, we're reopened. Come watch. Like, there's nothing out. And they're like, there are some movies. It's like, oh, we're, we're going to put the Jurassic Park or if I can... I don't know, I'm looking at movies on the shelf. But we're going to put these movies back in cinemas. I'm like, uh, I would rather... Rather than going and spending $25 to see Predator again, I'll just go get it on 4K for 20 bucks and watch it at home as much as I want. Yeah. That's going to yeah, be Yeah, but there's also... There's also a lot of people who would be very keen just to get back into the cinemas. You've got people who want to encourage that industry to come back and give people jobs. And then you've also got people who just like going to the movies. And then you've got parents who want to offload their kids for about two and a half hours. Yeah. I'm just going to drop them off in the, the, the kids' movies. And I don't need to be in there, right? You people just take care of them, don't you? <laughs> this is babysitting, yes. They are essentially <laughs> childcare workers. That's what you're paying for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Thank God Ellie's not here. <laughs> Ah, now you've said it. We have to mention it. Ah. Childcare worker Ollie uh, is today. <laughs> Forty-three minutes. Still hold the record. <sighs> Damn it! We almost Damn got it. there, guys. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, but yes, he's not with us today. He had uh, problems with his internet. So um, apparently, uh, shockingly, Port Ferry doesn't have good internet. Um, <laughs> We're all surprised. I think <laughs> the problem is he left his microwave on. If I'm not mistaken, for about all day. <laughs> Um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know where Port Ferry is, Port Ferry is a tiny little town of about 50 people on the coast, way, way away from any proper internet. So um, we've been lucky that he's been part of the show for the last few weeks. So. They, yeah, true. They do a jazz festival. I've been down there. They do a jazz really? Mm. Yeah, it's it's a lovely a lovely place. We went down there like the week before the world collapsed, and it was uh, it was quite nice to spend some time down there. So uh, yeah, I can honestly say I've never been there. Uh, I, 
I mean, now you've got a place to stay because, you know, Ollie's down there. Yeah. Um, or you can <laughs> stay in his front yard, maybe. I don't know. You can't stay in the house because of isolation. But, yeah, it's good. I don't want to get too close anyway. <laughs> no, no this, this is my room. My room. <laughs> you get out. I am keen on that jazz festival. I even bro. set up the bucket. <laughs> A spittoon. Ew. Alrighty. News complete. Yes, well done. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Dylan Crack. Well, uh, guys. No problem. It is. No, what were you saying, Tom? No. I was going to say, I stopped for a minute and went, who the fuck is Dylan? <laughs> He's a son of a bitch, is who he is. <laughs> uh, well, uh, of course, our show uh, is brought to you by the internet, but uh, normal, we are brought to, we're recording via the internet. I'm a fucking moron. I'm a bit hungover. Um, no, brought, to no, brought to you by the internet. Brought to you by the internet because we're recording via the internet. internet. But <laughs> Shaken Not Nerd is brought to you by Incognito Comics. Dom and Oz doing a fantastic job. Now, this weekend normally would have been free comic book day and with the shutdowns everything going on they were organizing a uh, food trucks to come coffee trucks all that sort of stuff to come rock up to do free comic book day and well they they can't <laughs> stop, stop playing with your webcam <laughs> stretching uh so it was going to be free comic book day and uh, this time last year we were doing our, one of our live shows as well so Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> focus More Ian who's incognito comics More where can you find gags. it <laughs> Ian who's incognito comics incognito comics they're your one stop comic book shop you might find them at 32B Bignal Road Marabin 32B Nipple Road ah oh, no <laughs> Nipple Road Yes, they have all your comic book needs. Yes, and you can yes. get stuff online at yes. incognitocomics.com.au. They are still open, they are still doing comic books. So They're still Dylan. They're still Dylan. They've just released some <laughs> announcements about, uh, well, just distribution of comic books and stuff. So if you're interested to see what's going on in that world go over and have a look at their facebook and i think on their instagram where they've got some videos talking through what's happening and what's going on yeah it's mm. it's, it's really weird because like there's one distributor of comic books in the world like it's one company that sends out marvel dc everything diamond. and yeah diamond and they've gone we're stopping shipments due to sort of COVID 19 it's like but you have no there's no requirements for it. There's nothing that's actually halting them to do it. They stopped on their own their own decision. They were we're stopping. And we're sorry. So Marvel and really? DC and everyone went, cool, why? Like, is, is there something going on? This, did something happen at the warehouse? Was there something at the printing? What's going on? And this went, no, no, we're, we're stopping due to the situation. It's like, you don't need to stop. You know, like, <laughs> Hong Kong is still sending out hot toys. Like, Hasbro is still sending out toys. Like, Everywhere else is still sending out, you know, merchandise like guitars and cars and all that sort of crap is still going up. But comic books just went. No, we're stopping. It's yeah, really it's weird. weird. It's just, I mean, it, it's just the company looking after their employees, really. I mm. think, especially when you're talking about distribution companies, where you really don't have the option of people to try and be socially distanced. I don't know where, where do they do they operate out of the US specifically or are they in other countries? Yeah, they they operate out of the US. Diamond, I believe is if I'm not mistaken, Diamond is still distributing books in the US through their warehouse in the US. They're not distributing anything outside of the US. So, 
US residents and you know, citizens and stuff are still getting their comic books as they normally would, but everyone else in the world isn't because it's like, no, we'll ship locally. We ain't shipping globally. Yeah, that's okay. That's very weird. odd. That is yeah. very, actually really weird. So uh, it looks like they might be coming back around, I think, mid-May is their sort of mid to late May is their uh, gold date. I don't know whether they will return or not, but I need books. I need to finish <laughs> my Power Rangers book. <laughs> It's also got to get me that fix. Western Ninja Turtles are the Power Rangers. Ah, ah. Oh, it ends on So for all you comic junkies, head down to Incognito Comics. <laughs> get your fix. Ah, latest comics. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but they do still have a huge uh, amount of books still available. Just not the new ones that are coming in. But they've got heaps of older books that you, know, you might not have issues. read. Go get your, exactly. uh, you know, get your, your big compendiums and your omnibuses. Omnibuys, yeah. um, yes. Omnibus. Um, <laughs> you can get it's, a lot of those ones. And they've got their libraries, fucking amazing. So I, I always love having a look through there. Yeah, yeah, they got it some, they got some pretty cool stuff. But uh, the theme of this week, sort of, as uh, just before the shutdown went on in regards to comic books, the new Star Wars books is set right after the film of this week's weekly theme that is May the Fourth. Tom, what film are we talking about, dude? Uh, Godzilla. <laughs> 1998 <laughs> Godzilla We're specifically talking about how good Matthew Broderick is As a scientist uh-huh. Yeah Yep <laughs> Exactly Victor so, so let's talk about this film So uh, there's baby Godzillas And there's big Godzilla And there's worms Okay Now worms are really important in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh please no <laughs> And apparently rain There's lots of rain in, <laughs> Happening at this time yeah. Yeah. You're, yep. you're going the wrong yeah. way man Go the wrong way. And it's got half the cast of The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, we, of course, are talking about The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, we are. As per the title of this podcast. <laughs> As many consider to be the best Star Wars film. Which yes, many do. Is the best Star Wars film. We'll see. I still have faith in Disney. No. <laughs> Yeah, episode nine. That's my favourite. Remember the part mm. where they explain the dyads? Uh. <laughs> Anyways, Empire Strikes Back. Tom, it's it's probably your. I would say it is one of your favourite films of all time, and it is definitely your favourite Star Wars film. What's it about? What's going on? What's the Star Wars? What's the Star Wars? Of course, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there was a war that was taking part in the stars. Essentially, this is, of course, the second film that we had released uh, in the Star Wars original saga. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing right now because our video chat, everybody but Ian disappeared from it, and now yeah. just Ian is looking at me. Um, hey! <laughs> Hello, Tom, I'm listening. Stupid video chat. <laughs> oh, God. We should actually record the video chat and release it, I feel. Um, I feel like we should. Yeah, in future we will, I think. Uh, good planning. Um, so, of course, this is the second one. So it picks up sometime after we have finished A New Hope, where Luke Skywalker is a little bit more established. The rebels are in hiding in a new snowy location. And, of course, this one is... The Empire trying to track them down and destroy them as the party of rebels who we know and love from A New Hope get split up and have to go on their own adventures against, against That's the what Empire. That's what duty loves. 
Mm, don't, don't split the party. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, said so that that doesn't bother me because you, you <laughs> apparently it does. Your camera turned off. So. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't bother him in Star Wars, but it does bother him in uh, Guardians. Anything Guardians. else? Okay, all right. Good. Yeah. Good night. Good night. <laughs> listen, listen here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it, that, yeah, that doesn't necessarily bother me in Star Wars because Star Wars sort of like Guardians of the Galaxy, it took its time putting together the Guardians of the Galaxy in the first film. But then, yeah, all right, I'm digging in. Shut up. Dig, <laughs> But in, in The New Hope, like you get Han, Luke and Leia and they're together for a fair whack of the film compared to Guardians where like they sort of just sort of come together at the end. Um, and then immediately starting Guardians 2, they're split up. We're like, at the start of Empire, we've got them. They're, they're around for a, a fair bit, and they're forced to split up due to an attack. They're not splitting up because, you go do this, we'll go do go there. It's like, no, you're, you're forced to split due to the situation of the Empire coming and fucking up Hoth, and Luke being sort of escaping in his X-Wing after the battle, and Han and Leia and Chewie and stuff going in the Falcon. Like, it's a doesn't. forced split. But he's... Oh, no, I kind of get you. Mm. I get you. I get yeah. you. Because he, he, yeah. he could have headed to where the rebels were. Like, he didn't yeah. choose to go to Dagobah. Yeah, he chose yes. to go to Dagobah, and then um, uh, the Falcon couldn't go to the rebel rendezvous point because it's being chased by Star Destroyers and had, didn't have light speed. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I see what you mean. It's an interesting point. Yes. Wrong, but it's an interesting point. <laughs> I've got all the points. <laughs> All right, should we do the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yes. Tell us what's good, Duty. Um, the soundtrack, fantastic. The John Williams builds more on his iconic score from the original Star Wars film, and this is the first film, of course, where we get the uh, the famous Imperial March. It is a fantastic score, still holds up, still fantastic. Um, the uh, props are much better in Empire Strikes Back. Clearly, they had more money budget. Um, yeah. Yeah, as you, as you can sort of see where you watch A New Hope and you can see David Prowse's eyes through the Darth Vader helmet and now it's a perfect sort of shiny chrome dome helmet. Um, shit, yeah, that better, it's better props. It's it's better production in general. The story's fantastic and it's you can tell it's not George Lucas going faster, more times, faster, more I want a new Paul. Um, but it's, it's, it's still sort of... They fry. Um, <laughs> it's it's got more emotion to it as well. Um, it's you've, clearly you've got sort of the ending with "I'm your father" and you know majority of people's favorite whoa, lightsaber. Whoa, whoa. spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> just reminds me of Homer Simpson when he walks out of the movies. Because can't believe Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's it's a really well made put together film. Um, there's not really many negatives in regards to what negatives come up that I have for this film, but I think another film... this Empire Strikes Back, of course, builds on A New Hope, and Return of the Jedi builds on Empire Strikes Back. I think mm. the these original three films are a fantastic trilogy. Like, it's, it's, it's like Lord of the Rings. Like, there might be one that you might not necessarily like out of the three Lord of the Rings trilogy, but they're still good films. Like, it's like, they're still fantastic, mm. but this one's not like this one isn't. I don't like one through three of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a <laughs> hobbit fan. Neither does my dog. <laughs> <laughs> more of a hobbit fan. What about you, Ian? Yeah. What's, what's your favourite part of this, this film? 
Empire Strikes Back is a classic, and I think for a reason. Some of the action in this movie is amazing. you got to think movies at the time. This is 1980 this movie was released. Mm. Obviously, we touched on that, but it's you're coming right out of the 70s, so what you've got to compare it to is very little in terms of special effects. Mm. Um, some of the Some of the action in this film is amazing. Just the Battle on Hoth, I think in itself has some amazing stuff in it it's the best land Um, battle in any star wars film i'd probably tend to agree with you because you know in the the film after this one we get teddy bears yeah (laughs) it's not the best land battle but the the battle of hoth is the best planetary battle in in any star wars film not the you've confused me but okay (laughs) (laughs) This this film, although it's uh, one of, and for many people's opinions, the best Star Wars film, it does still have some problems with the story, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's just wait till the negatives we'll, before we talk we'll about We'll get negatives. into that in negatives, yes, <laughs> yeah. I think, yes, my favourite thing about this is just how good the action is. It's mm. kind of non-stop as well. It goes from one scene to the next to the next, and the action pushes the story along. Mm. The, the pacing in this film is fabulous. Like it's, it's really well done. You're not sort of resting too long on any of the heavy moments. It's just moving on to next scenes, and all of the 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 drama and is, is happening in like in lockstep with some of that other stuff. So you're just going right. Let's put it in a fantastic place. Let's give th- people think stuff to think about, and then move on to the action. We're cut into different parts of the universe as well. So it's there's a lot going on in this film. Yeah. Tom, what about you, mate? Well, yeah, I think to build on what's already been said, uh, as Judy said, the music is phenomenal. I think one of the things that really was important about this film and really probably captured my imagination as a child is obviously you have the the first one where Mm. it's based on a desert planet and then all of it is inside mechanical fortresses. Whereas this one, we go to a snow planet we go to a sort of a, a jungle, foggy planet. We li- we go with them to the city in the clouds. Like, I I feel like it's just a very magical and sort of takes you away into all these different places that they're going, or even through the asteroid field and just seeing them sort of like flip and go through all and maneuver throughout these asteroid belt. I think there's it's just magnificent in the way that it had built on the first one and just added so much more to it it really built out a universe and made it seem like everything was different and there could be endless possibilities out there i think also the puppetry obviously of having bringing in yoda and just such an interesting character in general and just something that solidifies the force in a way that you know that this guy's super old been around operating for ages <laughs> and just adds history mm. um mm. And, I, yeah. and i and i do think that's one of the very important things that this film did not only did it build on the original it added uh, a desire to know more on top of what had mm. already been established in the first one um I mean, obviously it does have its negatives, but overall I I do actually think this is one of, if not the best, of the Star Wars films. Um, It accomplishes some really good stuff. It obviously had a fantastic twist, which it bothers me in a way to this day where it's just like, 
I'm not sure whether I appreciated that when I was a kid and watching it. Yeah. However, I probably wouldn't have the same affection to this film if I watched it now. Um, yeah. Because that's it, it's. I, I feel like it's it, it's disappointing in a way of being in an age where you couldn't experience what that was actually like as an adult to sort of have that veil lifted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if a film has that effect on you where you're just like, oh, I wish I had a time machine or like fucking a uh, neuralizer to go back and actually have a look and see what this was like, I, I think that's the sign of something incredibly special, which I think this film was and is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's a cultural phenomenon. And I think that the problem with... Um I suppose the problem with that particular twist and that reveal is that it's you, you, you can't have the context for it. So you, yeah, you, you'd forget everything else if you didn't know this. It's just it's so significant for for films and for this series and just the legacy of Star Wars that it just holds everything together. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I, I honestly think that if this film wasn't as good as it was, I think, yes, the first one was magnificent and it had a massive impact. If this one wasn't as good as it was, I don't think Star Wars would have had the same impact. Yeah, you get a, you get a, like a... That's, that's the one thing I will say that I like about George Lucas's style, that he always tries to up what he's done previously in his other films. Like, he always tries to plus one everything. Um, and you get, like, you know, at the very start of A New Hope, you get... The tent of you get the blockade runner go past, and then you get the Imperial Star Destroyer go past, and you go, "Wow, look at the size and the scale of that thing!" And then, you know, what like five, ten minutes into this movie, you're seeing something that's moving and covering the size of Star Destroyers, going, "What the fuck is this thing? It's, it's not another Death Star. It's not a circled shape, and it's the Super Star Destroyer, and it's fucking massive. Like you get it, it ups everything from the previous film." Mm. What about uh, you, Fuzzy? Um, I think yeah, like to your point, Tom. I think that's the the biggest thing for me is the story for this, like the context that this this film gives everything else. the The legacy set by the first film was huge, and they were able to follow yep. it up and give you. It asks a lot of questions, and and this is where I think you you get people going. I want to know more about this. I want to find out where you know the history of this. Who's Tell this? Tell me more. <laughs> who's this weird little frog creature? You know, and you know why is he hiding out on a swamp planet? And what you know, what's going on? You you want to know more, and that's I I think that creates the legacy within Star Wars itself, um, and gives people uh, a, a a basis to build from. Um, and so that's that's what I, I, I think is really special about this. It asks so much, and it gives us so much as well. Um, it gives us this this really awesome space adventure. We get you know the introduction of Lando. Um, we get the bounty hunters in there. Like we get really some cool things that just have impacted the the culture of Star Wars for years to come. So I think that's just really special for me. It just so many plot points that I look at now you know with the I suppose with those glasses of history and seeing everything else that we've got now we've got like the series of the Mandalorian now we've got all of these contextual you know cartoon series which are amazing a lot of it comes from here and that's it's such a like a like a keystone piece for Star Wars so yeah that's that's the specialness of this film for me um yeah, we'll we'll talk about some negatives to it, which uh, which really impacted my viewing experience this time around. But um, yeah, beyond that, I think it's still a special film, and it, it deserves to be. 
I think any of the original trilogy really deserved to be up there in, in consideration for like the best of the series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think it's it's very much like what we were saying with Jaws with this film is that this is a precedent for where movies have gone today. Mm. Yeah, and they 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 did a lot with they did a lot with what they had. Um, yeah. There was, you know, they they do a lot of special effects, and there's a lot of, you know, especially when you watch this in HD. Now you can sort of see the um, see the seams of the special effects in this film. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's something quite amazing. Like what they were able to put together and do with it at that time is just uh, it's mind boggling how good that 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 film is now. Hmm. It's pretty incredible when you think about how old this film is <laughs> yeah, yeah well, well 40 years old so i mean just the general idea of them being the pi- pioneering so many stuff and it's pretty much like oh yeah we, we want to do this so we invented how to do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> we even got the you know like the prequel spin-off in solo from this film like you watch solo and then you re-watch empire strikes back and like just the the interaction between han and lando when he first arrives that sort of what the fuck are you doing here what have you done to my ship sort of thing like it makes the character interactions more interesting going like fuck yeah I understand why he's a bit like you know you stole that shit for me hey I want it fair and square like I, I kind of like how this film complements other films how other films come back and compliment this film yeah yeah it really is like like I said that keystone piece so like everything comes back to this point and then you can draw almost direct lines to some part of this film and go yep that's that reference that that that's that reference yeah a lot of like this this latest trilogy that we've got, so many things come out of Empire. We had um, the battle on Crate, essentially Hoth with salt. Um, salt. We, we had um, yeah, like salt. The, the, the cave that uh, that Ray goes into to have her vision is like the vision that um, that Luke has on Dagobah. Like there's a bunch of stuff that that's all it all comes back to this. Like even the space battle at the start of um, uh, where they they uh, go against the big dreadnought is very similar to a lot of the space battles that we have in this film. So, yeah, I, I think there's there's just so there much that this, in this film, film. Inf- influences others beyond here. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it's very influential. Even outside of Star Wars, it's incredible yeah. how influential this technology has been. Like yeah. you said, Tom, we don't get that these days where a company goes, oh, we want to be able to do this, and they go, oh, we'll just do it. We'll just make our own technology. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's more of a case that really CGI companies just use what other companies build and just go with it. It's not pushing the envelope like this did. Mm. Yeah, mm. which is crazy. There, every now and then we get a movie that does transcend what we know cinema to be. And as a, a professional reviewer, I can say I am transcending this podcast. That is all. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Oh, are we there? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I, lo- I lost audio. Yeah, I yeah lost we all did. <laughs> That's all right. So, and we're back. <laughs> so, so, I have okay. no idea what you said, Ian. Just saw you doing hand gestures and going transcend, and then it went silent. <laughs> that's that's exactly what happened now. <laughs> Alright. We'll mark, mark it down, it's at like one oh seven. So whoever's doing the editing today tips not, um, is uh, is gonna have to remember that. <laughs> Who's, who are we up to? Uh, Never mind, we'll ask that. We'll do that later. 
Oh, okay. So it's me then. There we go. All right, right. continuing. Uh, Transcend. I was just saying, a lot of the things in this film, like every now and then you'll get a movie that just transcends everything that's come before it and Mm. pushes things into the next level. Um, And as a professional uh, film reviewer, I very much (laughs) transcend this whole podcast. (laughs) All right, we've, we've been jerking this film off for long enough. Let's talk about the negatives. Um, and I am. I want to kick this off because I, I, I just have a thing to say to George Lucas. Every single thing you did with those fucking special editions is absolute fucking dog shit. Everything. Yeah, they're not great. Everything, everything that he did, it ruined that film. Like I watched it, I'm like, that's not how that that looks. Every time, like you know, Boba Fett talks and it's fucking uh, Timuera Morrison. I want to fucking scratch my eyeballs out. Like it fucking sucks. It hurts my fucking brain. I don't mind the replacement Emperor because Emperor looked weird. Like yeah, the OG Emperor looked like a fish frog. Yeah, even that though, like it ruins the experience because it directly links back to those. You're not supposed to know the context, and it shows um, that, that that Palpatine is the fucking emperor. Like you're not supposed to see that yet. You're not mm. supposed to make that reference, and they're putting it in there, and it just it's stupid. It ruins. Like I understand what they're doing, but it ruins the experience because you're not supposed to know those things. Well, so. if you watch the movies in the correct order, it's fine. <laughs> we can yeah, talk but, about correct order at another time but yes. yeah I, like, I just I, they, they ruined their legacy they tried to make that was the whole point with you know oh we've got the ability to put in all these special pew pews now and you know it just looks shit like everything looks different like, I don't mind most of it every now and then I got one that was very jarring like mm. there's the moment where you see the outside of Cloud City yeah, um, to show where Princess Leia was in Cloud City, and I'm like, oh, that's jarringly not correct, yeah. <laughs> oh, unnecessary, yeah, yeah. completely that's, unnecessary. That's a problem. They ca- they could do these new things, and they tried to do them, and it's like, no, in context of this film, like 30 years later, you're trying to make an improvement that's not good enough. So don't fucking do it. Like, there's no yeah. point in making this thing. So I, I just I strongly recommend if you do get the opportunity to do it. Go uh, and, and watch the despecialized editions, and they are so much better. They're so much better because you can actually not have to deal with this bullshit. Um, so if you look up, um, I think it's called the Harmies Star Wars Despecialized Edition. You can Google it, and they've just available online. So is it still clarified though, and like made into Blu-ray? Yeah, they're still they're HD okay. copies. They're as, as good as you're going to get without all of those, um, yeah, the bullshit special effects of the, that they put in. Well, didn't, well, like, wasn't the, when Disney got Star Wars originally because they didn't have Fox, it was like, well, Fox has the original cuts of Star Wars. By us hmm. getting Star Wars, we don't have the originals. We have the George Lucas special editions. And now that they have Fox, can they, re-re- can they re-release the traditional cuts? I don't know. I think George Lucas still holds the um, the keys Any to that particular vault. kingdom. 
yeah, yeah. like he I think he has some sort of creative rights in, involved with that so I don't think he ever wants to release that so it won't be until George Lucas dies that we will potentially get that and that'll probably be written into his fucking will that you know whoever holds the rights after him will never get to you know to release that so hmm. It's, it's such a shit thing. Like he tried to make, tried to do something new, and I appreciate that. But don't go and fuck up what is considered to be one of the best films, you know, best Star Wars films of all time. You don't need to improve it. There's no fucking need to go back and make changes. Out of yeah. out of the original trilogy, the this film is the best in regards to the changes that George made. Like you got McCluckney now, and fucking the Emperor, the Ewoks blinking in Return of the Jedi, and Emperor Vader picking up the Emperor. Go no. Fuck off. Just have him pick him up and throw the count. Yeah. No, all of that stuff is... None of it is necessary. And it, and literally, it takes me out of the experience because I'm expecting to hear something or I'm expecting to see something and this new shit comes along and I don't want it. I just... It, 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 as, a, as a fan of the original editions, that's yeah not part of what I want in my experience. You should, yeah. We should be given the option. That's, that's the main thing, I think, in my mm. mind, is... It's not necessarily that these changes exist, and like again, like Judy said, in my mind, this is definitely the movie that is the least affected by them mm. of the original trilogy. But we should be given the option. You know, we yeah. have the technology now where you can click standard, Blu-ray, despecialized. It should just all be there on a DVD, and you pick mm. which one you want to watch. Tom, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to say in general, I don't think I've ever. I haven't seen the Despecialized Editions. The ones that I saw and the ones that I grew up with with the original remasters, which happened in the 90s. Mm. And those ones are fine, I think. I, I I mean, those are the ones I grew up with, so I don't know any different. Yeah. But they're, they're little bits and pieces that have changed. And there's some of the uplift stuff that I think is fine. Like I, I personally think having the Emperor there is... It, it, it is a fine thing because that's they already had him in there sort of mm. as a as a thing i do find the most jarring one is the django uh sorry the Bob django Fett voice <laughs> well it is django Fett's voice um because it's it, it just is out of place uh, and it sounds like it's been dubbed over yeah it's it's yeah it's so unnecessary like there, there's just no need for all of these things and it's just stupid yeah anyway end of rant from me uh, <laughs> <laughs> end of rant Dude, that, that's, your, that, that's your major negative yeah it's my major negative because it, it really does affect my viewing experience as somebody who's seen the original trilogies in their original format like seeing mm. this shit is just I'm, I don't want it anyway Dirty tell us your negatives about uh, Empire um it's 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 hard to really word the negatives, but like of course, Marvel, Disney now own fucking Star Wars, and they've made Star Wars comic books set immediately after Episode Four, immediately after Episode Five, and the Star Wars comic set immediately after Episode Five sort of ruined the movie for me because it's kind of stupid. Mm. Like as soon as they sort of like at the end at the end of this film you know they they find Luke hanging on the antenna and they fuck off and all that sort of stuff but then like it's immediately as they're fucking off that they're like they're getting chased by TIE fighters and they get on the gunners and stuff and Luke has like a mental rage fit because of his finding out his dad is Vader and Mm -hmm. he like blows up TIE fighters with the force like it's like by 
it's exactly like by George Lucas going back and, and fiddling with the special effects, but it's it's by other by Disney, by Marvel Comics going and going, let's do a continuation of that. It sort of removes it's it's removing the 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 specialness of this film just by going, well, let's continue it. No, leave it. Don't touch them. Don't touch these characters. Go mm. do something else. Yeah. Maybe have them in the background or foreground or something, but don't continue But at least that's not in stories. this movie. Yeah, it's not mm. in the movie, and I, it's it's a hard thing to give it as a real negative. Um, yeah, I there's no real negatives I have with this. It introduces Lando, and I love Lando as a character. Uh, it, it's got more going on with the Millennium Falcon that it's breaking down. I love that. I, I can't really think of any negatives that, like... Not Lando Ma- wearing um, Han's clothing at the end of the film, like that doesn't. Yeah, that's you. just weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just weird. Hey, my friend's been frozen in carbonite and stolen by a bounty hunter to sell to sell him back to um, Jabba the Hutt, and yeah, I'm just going to wear his clothes and hey, drive he, his car. Like you know, it's he fine. wasn't <laughs> expecting to have to leave his home. He didn't pack. Did he have a suitcase? <laughs> Did you see him with a little suitcase? He had to wear something. <laughs> I mean, thank God they. It's they, like they if, got they're it, exactly the same size in clothing. Yeah, exactly. It's like when Ian gets kidnapped eventually, like duty just wearing his clothes for no reason. I I'm assume sure it's going to be out of all of us, Ian is the most likely to be kidnapped. Absolutely, I can't <laughs> resist those little ice cream vans. It's you know, <laughs> duty just wearing his clothes and driving his mini when it eventually can move. Um, We're the same size. <laughs> same size. Yeah, there's there's no real negatives I have for this film. It's it's. And it's it's really weird. Like some people have particular favourites of certain films. Like with Lord of the Rings, there's there's hard to give negatives on on some Lord of the Rings parts, or, or you know, for some people with the Christopher Nolan Batman films and all that sort of stuff. But you still have your favourite out of a trilogy, and there's nothing really negative I can say about Empire because it's a it's a great, fantastic film. Well, you rep- you prefer Return of the Jedi, correct? Yeah, I'm a Return of the Jedi guy. What is where is it that Empire fails that makes Return of the Jedi better? I don't think it necessarily fails, but that's what what George Lucas does is he builds on what his previous one is. So we get a space battle in uh, in A New Hope, and then from A New Hope he goes, all right, let's do a land battle in the Battle of Hoth, which is a fantastic battle, and then also gives us a, a better lightsaber duel from the first film because Obi Wan versus Vader in Episode Four was a interesting duel it's got emotion but it's got no movement um but then when you look at episode six he goes all right well let's do a big ass space battle that's better than the battle of of the attack of the first death star let's do another land battle on on the battle of endor and let's do another lightsaber fight that's got more emotion to it than uh more emotion and more choreography to it compared to the empire strikes back one and that's what i like about it he's building on everything and then when you watch episode four he's like let's do a lightsaber fight let's do a land battle let's do a space battle and then let's do a battle like inside a palace let's do four battles going on at once and i can understand that sort of progression from him okay cool yeah (laughs) solid uh who's next me or ian Who's talking? Come on, Tom. Yeah, come on, Tom. 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 I think overall, and it's an issue that is shared across the entire original trilogy, is for the time, yes, great, fantastic. The scripting and the acting are not good. <laughs> yeah, not really. 
particularly when you, you like when you Mark compare Hamill's it to good. He's, he's a lot better yeah. in this one than in the first one mm, yeah no, I mean compare- it, the first one when he was very excited to be in a film <laughs> <laughs> to have money but when you compare like Tom's saying if you compare this movie or any of these Star Wars movies to Jaws which came out before this movie mm. the writing and the characters and the acting is miles ahead of this yeah, but Spielberg's a good writer. George isn't. We know this. We've seen. <laughs> that's, we've that's seen exactly Hayden, we've seen Hayden Christensen try to act from his lines. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't get forgiven for the fact that he's a bad writer. Yeah. Exactly. No. <laughs> Expected. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's it. Like, sto- overarching story. Love it. Love the lore that comes with it. All the different elements and stuff that it brings introduced to it. But from a line-by-line basis and from the actual execution from some of the characters it's not great mm. um and and it's got problems and i think that's one of the things where if you don't have the nostalgia from one of these films now they're a lot less accessible than you would think like trying to show somebody these now as uh, somebody around like tw- in their mid 20s mm it's very hard for them to get any sort of affection for these films if you didn't grow up with them. Yeah. yeah. Or if you didn't watch them back when you were an adult, back when they were originally released. And I think that comes down really to just some cheesy dialogue and some interesting acting. Um, well, that's what um, the friend friend of ours and, and podcaster uh, Andy uh, that geek Andy does um, a podcast with his wife, Star Wars One Hundred and One, where she's never seen Star Wars before. She's only seen um, the Disney sequel trilogy ones, and she went and they went to Star Wars Celebration last year. Like she knows near nothing of Star Wars. Went to the biggest fucking Star Wars Celebration Ooh. ever, wow. uh, and now she's being reintroduced to the films, and she's going, "Cool, I like these films, but I prefer the the this the Disney sequel trilogy because it's more inviting for those who haven't watched Star Wars." Yeah. And they are. They're 100% more approachable. I, I don't think these films are that approachable anymore. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a little concerned that they're going to become less and less approachable. Um, unlike something like Jaws, as Ian was saying before, which is still fantastic. And I think somebody who hasn't seen that film will still enjoy that film. Mm. Um, and I, uh, there's no taking away from the cultural impact that this film has and the fact that I absolutely love this film. Um I am concerned that it will fade um, in future and mm. the Disney ones will be what we are left with because those will be the ones that you can go back and rewatch easily. Oh, at some stage, I'm assuming that these will get locked up in, a, in the, the Disney vault, the, the infamous Disney vault, and won't, you, know, you won't be able to find current day copies. It'll just be whatever you've got on hand. Um, mm. Yeah, and... I think we are we're watching these in HD. Um, you you start to see the seams when we start getting more. You know, we we get the 4K versions and all the rest of it. I think they will start to show their age a lot more. Um, mm. You can see, you know, it really does look like when they're sitting in the cockpit of the you know of the Millennium Falcon. You see, yeah, they just look like they're staring at a green screen. It, it, and there's scenes where they're running around Cloud City and it just looks like they're floating on air. So there's there's some of that stuff that just has has not aged as well as it could have. Um, 
just due to technology and we're seeing things for the first time that were just not possible previously. So, yeah, we'll see. I think age will will, will wear on it pretty mm. hard, though. Yeah, it's a bit hard. We should probably Ian. get around to schools. Oh, no, sorry, Ian, I'm so sorry. Ian, this is your turn. <laughs> dear. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Um, just move on. <laughs> that, that how dear was fantastic. Do it again, Ian. Nine. Um, oh. I, my negative, my main negative, really follows on similar vein as what Tom has spoken about in terms of story. But mine's more focused on the plot. Um, the way that the story follows is kind of weird. You compare it to the original Star Wars number four, as we know it, the story's very clear that there's a character, his name is Luke, and he gets pulled into the story, the piece of action, to go and save the princess. It's a very, very formulaic, very easy story to follow. But when you look at... Hero's journey. Yeah, exactly, which is the story of almost every story ever, a lot of stories. But when you look at the story of this one, it's a little bit hard to follow in some sense it's not there's a big space in the middle of this film that goes for i don't know maybe half an hour maybe even 45 minutes where there's not really any progression happening so the story is a bit odd luke like like we're touching on the two the two factions of this party get split up and the story in terms of if you're looking at the plot points really follows luke because he has the vision and he goes to get his training but it's not really spelt out that that is the plot point for this movie, that it is about Luke getting his training, because there's also another plot point which is spelt out early on that is um, Han Solo and Princess Leia and their love interest, which doesn't explain why the story goes the way it goes. It's just a character plot. It's not a story plot. So it's a little bit odd, this movie, because Mm. most of the plot that we get isn't until towards the end when we find out that it's a trap to get Luke to come there. Mm. And that's when a lot of the story starts unraveling. So there's a lot of this movie where in terms of plot, nothing's particularly happening. It's like an event. Something happens. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. I'm getting chased by the Empire. It's very reactionary, right? It's very reactionary. Yeah. So as an audience, you kind of feel like nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. There are things happening, but it's not... The story isn't progressing. So it yeah. kind of feels like there's about 45 minutes of sitting around going, what's happening? What am I waiting to see? Mm. I, I, I get that saying, the reactionary thing, because I would say that the Leia and Han plot that is reactionary, but I would say that yeah. very much um, Luke has agency throughout the entire film. Mm. And yeah, that's so the, the story really follows him, but a lot of the screen time is spent on Han and Leia who their story is 100% reactionary they're hiding they hide under the ship then they follow the trash and they have to hide somewhere but that they have to hide somewhere which would be a stop a plot point of now we have something to do doesn't happen until way further into the film okay. so it's it's in terms of the way it's laid out it kind of feels like not much happens for 45 minutes and even in terms of Luke being trained to be a Jedi isn't really spelled out in my mm. mind as well as it could have been as being the central plot for the film. Yeah. It's, it's kind of left to, like, well, it's left to 
subsequent movies and writings and all the rest of it to fill in a bit of that context and i think exactly you know, as yeah. i think as of this keystone movie it just really it sets that up that legacy so that you can answer those questions or have them answered yeah. um later on because we have the context now mm. as people have seen this movie over and over again and we have all these other Star Wars films that also sort of have a reactionary element to them. Mm. But when you look at it as a, as a film, if you try and take away your context of all the others, it feels like not much happens for 45 minutes and it's just, I'm in a battle, I'm running away. Yeah. And it's just like following reactionary thing. There isn't I, a plot to make you go, I think this something's goes back, happening, it's going somewhere. I think it goes back to Tom's point earlier, like if you could brainwash yourself to not know that this movie or everything else goes on like how would you how would you experience this for the first time how would it be like seeing all this other stuff would you be yeah. would you feel a little bit um hard done by would you yeah what 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 was that initial reaction to people you know, exactly. not understanding it? and i think i think a lot of it the problems of this film aren't big problems because it's it's kind of as a result of putting um, you know, fantastical space battles and everything before story. And that's the big negative of Star Wars in general is mm. that they're putting big, epic, awesome battles and fun visual things before plot, story, character. And mm. that's the negatives of story of, of Star Wars as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Cool. Should we, um, should we give this one a, a score? Yeah, I think it's time to get around the scores. All right. Dirty, do you want He's to give us, go lead us off? Lead us off with this big one. Uh, look, I, I love the film. It's fantastic. Anytime it's on, I'll sit down and watch it. It, it. it works. It's one of those movies that works both as a put down, sit down and watch, but also as a put on in the background while you're doing stuff. Like um, when I was on a Star Wars high when Ian and I came back from our Hong Kong trip a couple of years ago and I had the, the you know, Han and Chewbacca hot toys, the first thing I did was I put the Star Wars movies on and then started fucking unboxing them and posing them and shit the whole day. Like it's a Star Wars, I feel this particular film you can just put on and even if it's just repeating over and over again, you're still going to, it's it's not going to drain out for me at least. I, I'm happy to watch it 10,000 times. Um I really, really enjoy it. I have no real issues with it, but I'm going to give it a nine. It makes it sound like a negative, but yes, it's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a nine. It's only a nine. Um, <laughs> out, of, out of the series, it's, it's yeah, it's probably my second favourite out of the, the original Tridge. The yeah, original sure. Tridge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ian, what about, what about you, Fuzzy? You? We can't, I was going to say, what about Fuzzy? Because we can't see him in the video. Oh, well, yeah. let's go with me then. Uh, <laughs> Look, I, I enjoy this film. Um, I, I think it's it's a lot of fun. I think it is a very important film as far as the context of the entire Star Wars story is concerned. Um, but I think it leans... It suffers from some of the stuff that, like, the end of the Avengers series uh, had. Like, it, it very much, like, it's, it's contextual. You need to have seen other things to make for it to make sense. And on its own, I don't know if it stands alone enough. Um, and that's why, for me, um, the original Star Wars: A New Hope is is that's my favourite film because it sets up it's it's self contained it asks a lot of questions but you don't have to know anything else to enjoy that film on its own. Um, I, I think this one leans too heavily into everything else and provides too much context um, for it to be a standalone a perfect film. Uh, so 
in that context, I'm going to give this one a nine as well. Again, sounds like a negative score, uh, but it is still a very good movie. It's still Star Wars, and it's still great. And I, I watch this, and I go, why the fuck couldn't this latest trilogy have been anything like this? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, the writing aside, the shitty references, you know, Lando's clothing choices, all the rest, like, some of those things are just little, <laughs> little parts of things that don't make sense. But as a whole, this film was beautiful by comparison to what we get now i i i kind i kind of like as well like when you when you rewatch when i rewatch this film just the smallest little reference mm. back to previous other films i absolutely love like when han goes into the the falcon and he tries to start it back up on hoth and then he bangs the wall panel and then it starts up again i'm like cool that's where he put l3 in solo and that's the panel that he bangs on i'm like those little small well, no, no, no. We don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> it's a good movie, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. No, no. It's a severely okay movie. Um, no, so I think nine <laughs> for me. Fantastically mediocre. <laughs> nine for me is a very positive score for this film. Um, I, mm. I just, yeah, I, I it needs to it's something else to get to at nine point six, but. Yeah, it's which is as everybody knows the perfect score. <laughs> it needs Ewoks. It needs a green lightsaber. It needs uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Boba Fett actually doing something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Ewoks. Yeah, it, it just needs a little bit more. <laughs> um, Tom, what about you? Yeah, it, you know what? Like, so I, I may have sounded like I was being pretty harsh on the film with what I was saying for the negatives and that's just because I do care about this film a lot and could probably talk about and rip it apart and also stitch it back together quite confidently again and again and again and again uh, I've seen it that many times and I think overall it is my favourite of the original trilogy um, as I'm getting a little bit older I'm probably going back and enjoying watching um, something like Rogue One more than this, I'd mm. be more inclined to rewatch that film just because it's more digestible, it's more recent. Um, once upon a time, I think, had you asked me 10 years ago, back when uh, I was around 17, this would have been a 9.6. Mm. And it would have been. Yeah. And in my opinion, in the 10 years that I've gotten older and this film has gotten older, it has dropped for me just because I don't think it's necessarily aging as well. Um, and I think that being said, it's still going to get from me an 8.5. Um, and I hope that Star Wars people aren't annoyed at me for ripping into certain things, but I, I love Star Wars. It's my favorite franchise of all it's time. 40th birthday it's just, and you're just ripping just, into it. It's, I'm just going to, 8.5 isn't ripping into it that bad. You're, you're roast, it's a roast. It's a welcome to the Empire Strikes Back roast from Tom. Well, when you're 40 year old. <laughs> that, that's what we need to, to name this episode. Tom roasts Empire. Like that's 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 the takeaway from those people. <laughs> roast it and still give it an eight point five. It's not doing too badly. That, oh, that's yeah. roasted, mate. Terrible. <laughs> Burnt roast. <laughs> Burnt to a crisp. Um, all right. I, I very much I think I sit in the same camp as Tom on this one. I love this film. However, not aging perfectly. Um, and actually, my favourite of the Star Wars, particularly when we talk about the original trilogy, would be the original Star Wars film. So same as Fuzzy, um, for the for the main reason that I think the story makes a lot more sense. And again, like Fuzzy said, it's a self-contained story, and it introduces all of these elements and does them exceptionally well without kind of getting stuck up its own ass like some other films do. <laughs> 
Um, that's a saying. Stuck up its own ass, yeah? It is, yeah. Yeah, a lot of yeah. things get stuck I up I say it constantly. <laughs> I fell on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I also think this film hasn't particularly aged as well as some other films have, and it is because it lent heavily on visual effects, I think, and it'll be very interesting to see how some modern films end up in 40 years' time because... Honestly, I think films like The Avengers lean very heavily on visual effects to tell their story. So it'll be mm. interesting to see if they're not in the same position in 40 years' time. I, Having said all of these negatives, still love Star Wars, still love this film. Um, and like all of you guys can watch these movies over and over again and still have a great, great time. I'm also giving it an 8.5. Roast. Pure roast. <laughs> Fuck, man. It you guys are burning this thing to the ground. <laughs> Man, where's my barbecue invite? <laughs> Just Ian and Tom hanging out by barbecue. Delicious tender meat. <laughs> Roasting copies of Star Wars. <laughs> I, I am going to name it Ian and Tom Roast Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Great time. And, you know, 40 years, it's been a fantastic 40 years of Star Wars, I think. Even though it's, it's taken some twists and turns with Disney uh, buying it out and putting out some films that not everybody loves and some people do really love. I think we can all agree Star Wars is home. Hey, look, if I could look Aww. this good at 40, um, I mean, that would be uh, amazing. I mean, you're looking pretty good for 50. Far out. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, speaking of Star Wars, um, what I do, collect, whatever, um, is the the sort of the art of books so like the, all the concept art for the movies so you can see original designs and shit like that and this week I got the uh, I don't know I got the Rise of Skywalker one because I'm like I want to see what the ultimate designs would have been for the Emperor or for this or for that mm. and literally the design book for this is this is the movie we were originally going to make and then script changes happened and there's, oh, there's no. like a giant fish frog that Kylo Ren's talking to in the middle of a swamp Just all this fucked up shit that's oh, not yeah, in the film yeah, yeah. It was like the, the, the massive evil Sith was a giant frog that sat on a rock. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was it's all this It would have been very I'm interesting like, to see that. I'm like, where the fuck's the Emperor? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't exist. Like he shouldn't have. Hypnotoad was the ultimate evil. <laughs> Boom, makes sense to me. <laughs> oh, but uh, I think that's gonna do it uh, at least for me on this episode. Anyone else got anything to bring up before we wrap up? No, I'm going to eat some barbecue, though, because I'm really fucking hungry after all that barbecue chat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I please. I can go for some barbecue. <laughs> yeah, me too. Barbecue. Me too. Mm. But, uh, look, guys, we hope you've all had, and if you are doing anything special on May the 4th, there's the last episode of The Clone Wars, which I believe hits today on Disney+. Plus. Uh, people are going absolutely insane for this last season of Clone Wars. Um, there is the documentary of Making of Mandalorian that hits on May the 4th on Disney Plus as well. So if you want some more Mandalorian stuff, you can check that out. And of course, Rise of Skywalker hits on, on Disney Plus on May the 4th. So all the, the, the Skywalker 4Ks McCluckney saga is on Disney Plus. And if they want comics, where are they going to go, Didi? They go to Incognito Comics and they pick up the Darth Vader run because it is way better than the fucking Star Wars run that follows Luke Han and Leia, which is fucking stupid. Um, but there's also some really cool spin-off comics. There's a spin-off Lando. There's two different spin-off Lando books, which are really good. There's a Chewbacca spin-off. There's a Poe Dameron spin-off. Um, I definitely recommend if you're wanting more Star Wars and you want to read some Star Wars, the Vader stuff is fantastic. Pick up the Vader. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Uh, well, that's going to do it from me. If you did enjoy this episode of Shaken Not Nerd, what you can do is go onto Facebook, find our Shaken Not Nerd listener community, join it, because what we do is we put up polls saying we're going to watch a movie, what are we watching, and you vote on the poll, or you pick the movie, or you tell us what you want to watch. I'm not watching Extraction, sorry, send in a school of film. Ian has told me it's boring. Um, or if you did it's also... It's boring. <laughs> no, it's uh, not boring. If you uh, did enjoy the episode, you can open up the podcasting app you're listening to, unless it's Spotify, and leave us a review, uh, and we read them out on the show. So whatever you put in there, we read out, and you can even swear in those. So have fun. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Unless the Australian oh. census... Unless we get censored by the Australian government. Those Thanks. just have no, no <laughs> idea what the they're doing. Uh, well, that's going to call it for me, Duty. Uh, remember to watch each other and watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, that gets creepier and creepier. Very <laughs> threatening. Remember to watch each other while I watch yourself. Watch yourself? Watch. Remember to watch yourself while I watch you. <laughs> I've been Tom. Remember to McClunky whilst I McClunky. <laughs> And this is Fuzzy Dan reminding you to go and watch yourself after this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the huge footlong Johnson reminding you to eat your metachlorian so you can grow up big and strong like Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> High in protein, high in fiber. <laughs> chicka, chicka. Saladas. Chicka, chicka. McClunky. <laughs> uh, 